It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Six oh six to time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It is a Wednesday, so over the hump we go. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Just a warning up front. I've got some really interesting things to talk about today, and some of what I'm going to talk about, people are just not going to like. It's not shocking in any way. Sorry about that. But there's a lot of disagreement on some of what I'm talking about. So let's get this out of the way. Warning. This show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. This is before I get into some of that. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call the show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. I forgot that little disclaimer was on the end of that there. Okay. So uh, before I get into the stories, which I really want to talk about today, those of you who join me first thing in the morning, I'll let you hear it first. Probably played this a couple more times. It not just today, but uh, by the end of the week. So you and I, we were working on a social justice warrior. I got a lot of suggestions from people because it seems that the social justice warrior needs his own version of a, a Batmobile, if you will, although not quite sure what to call it. And then it was suggested by Miss Mary that perhaps that needs to be his mom's car that he takes without her permission. Remember, our social justice warrior, ultra-woke as he is, lives in his parents' cellar with his roommate, who's his sidekick, and they're way behind on the rent, both of them, and never get anything done. So here's what's going to... This is like a two-part issue here. This is part one, leading to the exciting conclusion, which is a car chase in part two. And I've already got... The Dan, he's recording the voice for part two. He's, of course, the roommate or the sidekick. And Fire Pit Paul is average white guy. He'll be recording his part for part two. But here's part one. We now return you to another thrilling episode of Social Justice Warrior. On this week's episode, the bad guy is getting away. If only the Social Justice Warrior had his own version of the Batmobile. But, you know, more like a Ecomobile or something like that. There's something that runs on unicorn farts, whatever. My evil nemesis, average white guy, has just done the most dastardly deed. You just hate that diesel-powered truck he bought, don't you? Get worse? He named his truck Gary. So? So that's assuming the truck's gender. And then he went out and bought those truck nuts and put them underneath the trailer hitch. So what are you going to do about it? Sneak out in the middle of the night and neuter the truck? He's getting away. He's going to the store to buy some bread. Quick, to the binary mobile. 
sorry. <laughs> the what? Well, if Batman can have his Batmobile. You mean your mom's car? I don't tell her I'm taking it. She was really pissed last time. So you're going to chase a diesel truck with an all-electric car? Oh, sure. Why not? Well, for one thing, it's still charging. Well, that could take all night. Oh, it will. I'm sure the average white guy will be back from buying a loaf of bread by then. That's so hard, being an eco-friendly crime fighter. Join us next week as our social justice warrior chases down the bad guy in his uh, binary mobile or whatever. Part two is being developed right now with your suggestions that came rolling in there. Okay, some of the stories I'm going to go through today. Now... The first headline, some of these headlines are Cowboy State Daily. Wyoming joins states clamping back against woke companies. Okay, so those are the companies. For example, if you want to do business, you might need a loan as you do business. And some banks won't give you a loan because, well, your carbon footprint, uh, maybe some position you took on some social issue, whatever the case is. So your ESG score, in other words. Okay, we'll get to that this morning. Also, getting into the schools. Wyoming's, this is the headline from Cowboy State Daily. Wyoming's top educator says pornography indoctrination of students is a crisis in Wyoming. On that one, a Cheyenne family school move on or moves on after transgender film shown in high school class. Okay, so there is that problem that we face in the state of Wyoming, as I define the problem. What is school really for? Remember, these are the same people who are pushing some of this uh, transgender stuff and what some people can, what I even consider inappropriate reading material. These were the same people that also pushed the whole cult of climate change thing. I have a story here, a national story. It's not just gender. Climate propaganda dominates in the schools. Now, all of this started as I was putting this together yesterday. I was thinking about it. It's a a survey that was done showing that young people have a very bleak view of the future. Many parents take a look at their kids and think, well... There's not much going to be left of the world for them, is there? Now, every generation has always thought this. There's always been the next crisis, world wars, the atomic bomb. But even before then, there were always end times, doomsday scenarios. That's always been the case for human beings. But here's what we're pushing on kids today. If you wonder why so many kids look at the future and think, oh, it's just so bleak out there. They're not optimistic. There's not a whole lot of hope for the future in their eyes. And part of the reason why is every time they turn on a television, what do they hear? The cult of climate change telling them that we're in some kind of a climate crisis and it's going to be over soon and we're not doing anything about it. So it'll be over soon. There's that. They're also getting educators pushing on them, you know, Al Gore's inconvenient truth from from a few years back, but the whole cult of climate change thing. But then also indoctrination in schools that have material that I believe is just flat out pornographic. 
but also transgender. You can't even identify what your own gender is, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It goes into the schools, which means that every time a kid shows up at school these days, this kind of nonsense, propaganda, if you want to put it that way, is being pushed on them to the point that they look at the future as a very bleak thing. And I have to go back to what is school for? Really? There's a difference between what the parents should be teaching the kids and what the schools should be teaching the kids. And in many cases, schools have forgotten what they're supposed to be there. They've adopted a completely different agenda, which is one of the reasons I even blame not just who's at the schools. And I'm glad to see people finally stepping up and doing something about it. But for the longest time, uh, I blamed parents, the community, because, as you've heard me say before, what we do is we drop our kids off at school or just let them go get on the bus. And the government bus takes them to the government school. And we just assume everything's going to be okay. And so nobody was really tracking what was being taught at schools. But now we're beginning to find out. And if you wonder why your kids come home so confused and oftentimes so depressed, it's because of what's being shoved on them in school. Now I've got some details about what's being shoved on them and why they just feel so pessimistic about the future. Next. 6.15, Wake Up Wyoming. Into there at the top and bottom of every hour, this is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Six point two is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. So here's the story I was talking to you about a little bit earlier. Headline, and this is from... Gallup, which does all sorts of polls, you know what I think about polls. But I thought that the discussion topic on this one was interesting. From Gallup, Americans less optimistic about next generation's future. And for that matter, the next generation kids today are very pessimistic about their future. So it says Americans have as little optimism as they have had at any time in nearly three decades about young people's chances of having greater material success, for one thing, than their parents. And all 42% of adults think it's uh, about 13% or something. Well, it, it goes into the numbers about how bad their future might be. And when you get into some of the kids, especially, it's not just their financial future. They honestly believe that we're heading for some or in some climate crisis. So when a hurricane, for example, hits Florida, my hometown it hits, of Sanibel Captiva Islands, Right away, people started saying, well, that's because of climate change. What was it before human beings were on the planet when a hurricane hit the coastline? What was causing it then? But it's climate change now. And even though the numbers show that we're having uh, less bad weather, fewer hurricanes, fewer tornadoes, they're getting weaker, still, though, we're in some climate crisis, according to them. And because that's being hammered, in every bit of news, not just television news, not just the networks, but on every social media platform they go to, in their schools, in the movies they see, no matter where they go, that's being hammered on them 
And they're honestly believing that, well, this is it. We're just not going to survive it. Now, go back a few generations. For those who remember hiding under your desk because we were having some nuclear war drill, there were kids back then who were under the impression that, well, we're just not going to survive. We, we, human race, we're just going to wipe ourselves out. They were absolutely convinced of that. I remember watching a... Uh, episode of All in the Family, for those old enough to remember that program, where Meathead and one of his hippie friends were having a discussion about having kids. Why would I bring a kid into this world? Look at what, what kind of future are they going to have? That was back then. What about my parents' generation? Grew up during the Depression, went right into the Second World War. And what about those people who lived through the First World War? And I can keep going back. Every single generation has had this idea that, well, doom and gloom and doom and gloom. Okay, so in this one, it does show the Republicans do have a bit more optimism than Democrats do. Okay. Even lower-income Americans are more optimistic about the next generation's uh, outcome, what, what's going to happen with them. Bottom line, they write, Americans' overall sour mood about the economy and the direction of the country also bore out in their low optimism about the next generation's prospect of having a better life than their parents, or even a good life for that matter. Now, Republicans, even though they're more optimistic than Democrats, they are still more pessimistic than they have been in years past. The number of people that I meet who consider themselves to be conservative Republicans who look at America and think, that's it. That's it. Republic's gone. Freedom's over. That's it. All things coming crashing down. We're done. It's over. I hear that a lot from my conservative friends. So both sides of this argument have this idea that tit, it's all calamity. Where's the sense of optimism? Because if you really want to succeed in life, if you want things not just for yourself, but things better for your family, your community, your country, the world, it takes a matter of optimism, not pessimism. That dark doom and gloom thing really drags everybody down. And yet here's something that we're pushing on our kids, dark doom and gloom every single day. In part, it's what sells in news media. For some reason, I don't know why. I've never understood it. It's not just that I'm a half, the glass is half full kind of guy. The glass is half full and the rest of it has air and air is good for us. That's the kind of optimist I am. And so I kind of scratch my head and wonder when I meet people who are constant doom and gloomers. And that seems to sell among human beings. We have this idea in our heads of gloom and pessimism, which is why we complain so often. Which is why when you go to bookstores, go take a look at the self-help section of a bookstore. How big is that self-help section? Yeah, that seems to be the problem, isn't it? 
that massive self-help section because so many of us get into that trap of doom and gloom and there's no way to solve this problem. That's why you hear on occasion when uh, I'll get this caller into the program, somebody will call in and they have nothing but doom and gloom ideas, whatever bad thing of the future, whether it's economically or name war, whatever it might be. And when I say to them, well, you've named the problems that you think are coming our way. What's your solution? What's our exit strategy here? How do you fix this? And they've never even tried to imagine that part. So they're in this constant state of doom and gloom. What worries me, though, is we're pushing so much of this on our kids. Things don't have to be that bad. One of the first things we need to do is get the propaganda out of schools, honestly. Especially when it comes to, you know, we're heading for a climate crisis, et cetera, et cetera. Get the propaganda out of the schools and instead start showing kids how to actually build a better future based on reality, not on junk science, which is also being pushed on them today. I got more. I'll get into this, but... That's something that I looked at yesterday and was really concerning to me. So many of our younger generation just don't see any hope for their future. Where did they get that pessimistic idea? From us? From the television? From social media? 629 Local News, weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Thanks for joining me. I just got done going through a story where it shows about uh, parents, but also kids, look at the future and think, well, you know, not much to hope for here. And my point is uh, a lot of it has to do with the nonsense, garbage, and propaganda that's being pushed on us. I just got done watching someone, while you were in your news and information break, someone was picking apart a BBC story. I'd mentioned Hurricane Ian, which hit my hometown of Sanibel, Captiva Islands. And right away, BBC pointing out there's more storms than ever before. They're more intense than ever before. And this gentleman who's actually looking at the real data is showing that actually that's not true at all. But that's what's being pushed on your kids, right? There's a place I love to go to, and Mr. Morand is the head of this climate depot is what it's called. That gives you an idea of what's being pushed on your kids at schools, media, social media, et cetera, et cetera. When it comes to climate, you know, even your dog is causing climate change. How dare you have a pet? Mark Morano 
answered that recently. And they're claiming that she's basically the equivalent of a vehicle, of an SUV driving around because of this carbon footprint of your average dog. This is a, a war on modern life. And you can't have pets. We had Vogue magazine uh, in 2021 say, is it is it environmental vandalism to have a child? We have Bill Nye had a guest on promoting carbon mm. taxes for children. Actress Emma Thompson had actually one point said that having pets could be important because during the climate crisis, we may have to eat them because they're a lot of protein. And this has been going on now for a decade. They literally want to control, regulate every aspect of our lives. He went on quite a bit after that, but you get the general idea. This is what's being pushed. You can't even have a dog. Can't even have a cat. No pets whatsoever because what you feed them, wow, you know, think of the carbon footprint of what you feed them. Oh, that reminds me. I was uh, open that file up again. So as I was talking about this, was it last week, I got a gentleman who called in. Now, he didn't know to call the 888 number, 888-97-WOODS. Instead, he called our radio station in Cheyenne, Wyoming, KGAB, and was just going crazy because I was talking about just having a steak, just eating what you love to eat, the idea that we have to get rid of bovines, you know, farm animals in general, not just because of their flatulence, but because, you know, all of these farm animals are causing climate change. It's not just your pet. So this guy calls the program and he just loses it. He had to leave an answer, a message on the answering machine because he didn't call the number that you would call to get on the air. Unfortunately, the answering machine cut him off, or maybe fortunately. Because he was losing his mind. Yeah, I'm listening to Glenn Woods right now. I'm going through the roof. Um, if you don't stop this nonsense with the livestock industry right now, and let me tell you exactly how, if you don't tell them that before the cows, there were 60 million bison, they're both bovines, and you want to tell me that now they're affecting the climate and they weren't before, that's how you end that argument. New Zealand is already taxing, like, supposed emission from cows. It's a cult of death. It's a cult of death. And let me tell you why. PETA wants to pretend that they're for the wildlife and the animals and all the rest of it. And they're not. It is a cult of death. Because if they get rid of the livestock industry, there aren't going to be any more cattle. And that's a fact. So don't tell me that you care about the animals because you don't. It's just the nonsense has to stop right now. And let me tell you something else. The reason that they want to put these aerosols up in the stratosphere to pretend that they're volcanoes is so they can take credit for it when it's cooling. Well, they don't have to because you look at the La Nina right now, and the Pacific Ocean is already cool. If we do not fight back, and what do I mean by that? I mean, you look off the coast of South America all the way to Papua New Guinea, it's like 5,000 miles away, it's colder than average already, and they know it. And it's already snowed in the Then that's where the machine cut him off. But this guy was just losing his mind over... What I understand as what news media pushes on us, what politicians, what the cult of climate change, but think about it. The news media knows that negativity sells, and so that's what they push on you. 
anything positive they dismiss because that doesn't get the clicks, the ratings that they really want. Same thing goes with politicians. Politicians have to create the idea that we're constantly in some kind of a crisis or catastrophe. That's the only way they can convince you to vote for them. And then that's what gives them power and money is to keep you in a constant state of crisis. I'll talk more about that next hour. 642 Wake Up Wyoming. Hey, small. Hey, letting you vent. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join in at 888-97-WOODS. 648's the time. Off to the icebox we go. Frank Gambino waiting by here. So, Frank, I came across this little... Th- I, I understand where they're going with this. Uh, a little note someone left. In Butte, Montana, it is illegal to shoot anyone who deliberately mispronounces the city name and giggles. It's a law. Yeah. Uh, you, you, we don't want to say but Montana. Montana. No, it's you know, Okay. So apparently, I don't know if it's really a law, but someone wants them to know that, that, you know, don't do that. You can't shoot them. No, you can't shoot them. Although a lot of people look at Butte, Montana and want to say Butt, Montana. No. Okay. Uh, Then I started to look at, we've talked (laughs) about this before. Uh, There's the town of Nameless. Nameless. Yeah, and Nameless has a uh, Nameless Library, a Nameless Community Center, a Nameless City Hall. Making the list, Normal, Illinois, Mm -hmm. Drummer, New Hampshire, Hell, Michigan. I've always loved that one. Hell. Hell, Michigan. Truth or Consequences? You can actually Google this. You can can ask Google. So when Google talks back to you, you know, what is the temperature in hell? (laughs) (laughs) And it it tells you. Uh, Let's see. Rough and Ready, California. It does name Chugwater, Wyoming on this list. That's good. Okay. Random Lake, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. I want to go to Bigfoot, Texas to see where that is. It's, it's probably big. Yeah. Because everything in Texas is big. And then I don't even know what to do with this one. Chocoloco, Alabama. C-H-O-C-C-O-L-O-C-C-O, Alabama. We'll just call it C. Yeah, I, I just... C-Loco. Yeah, C-Loco C would be better. I'll go ahead and, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll put up... Yeah, okay. But there's... Let's see. Rough and Ready did that one. I'm glad. I'm so glad Chugwater made that. Let's see. Forks of Salmon, California. Forks yeah. of Salmon. Why Arizona? Yeah? Yeah. I always did love... There, there was a, on the Hanna-Barbera cartoons or Bugs... I don't know if it's Bugs Bunny or cartoons or something like that. Someone asked the question... What do you think of flushing New York? And the answer was, I think it's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. All right, our latest and last Wyo Preps High School football poll is out with the playoffs starting on Friday. And 4A Sheridan remains number one, followed by Cheyenne East, Natrona, Cheyenne Central, and Thunder Basin. In 3A, Cody still number one, Star Valley two, Douglas three, Buffalo four, and Jackson five. Lovell remains on top of 2A with Bighorn second, Lyman third, Tongue River fourth, and Cokeville fifth. Pine Bluffs is still number one in 1A nine man, followed by Shoshone, Rocky Mountain, Big Piney, and Wind River. Little Snake River is number one in 1A six man.
Man, followed by Dubois, Burlington, and Cameron and Farson Eden. Wyoming Cowboy football team will be on the road this week. They'll travel to Hawaii for a Saturday night game. The folks are 5-3 and three overall and 3-1 and one in Mountain West play following a solid 28-14 win over Utah State in Laramie on Saturday night. Folks had a good night running the fo- football and the defense was sharp. Hawaii will come into this game in Honolulu with a record of 2-6 and six overall, 1-2 and two in Mountain West Conference play. They have split their last two games with a loss to Colorado State and a win over Nevada. Cowboys are 11.5 point favorites in the game. That's a 10 p.m. start from the islands on Saturday night. High school football, I mean, excuse me, high school cross country of the season concluded on Saturday in Ethany in the 4A girls race. Cheyenne Central Sydney Morrell won the state championship with a time of 1829.79. A year ago as a junior, she finished fourth and ran nearly a minute faster this year as opposed to last season. She won Saturday's race by over 10 seconds, so she went out there and it says, go for the gold. I thought it went really well. I wasn't assuming to take the lead. Or, yeah, I wasn't assuming to take the lead so early. And so the last mile of the race was rough, like, mental-wise. But it was super nice to be able to see that I can finish the last mile pretty much solo. The Cheyenne Central girls went 1-4-9-10 and 10 to win the 4A team championship for the second year in a row. In junior college soccer, the Region 9 tournament is underway. For the men, Casper College, they're rated 14th in the country with a record of 14-3-1. The T-Birds beat Northwest of Paul in the first round of that regional tournament 4 to nothing. They'll host LCCC from Cheyenne in the semifinals on Saturday in Casper. LCCC will come into that match with a record of 7-6-1, and they beat Western Nebraska in the first round of the tournament. The Casper College women's team is 10-4-1. They beat Trinidad 2-1 in the opening round. The Birds will meet LCCC in Pueblo, Colorado on Saturday. LCCC is 9-7 and seven after a 6-3 win over Western Nebraska in the opening round of that Region 9 tournament. And that's it in sports. Yeah, first off, let people catch their breath before you interview them. I mean, Lord, that poor girl. Well, well you know, yeah. here's what happens is that if you do not find them fast, yes. they seem to disappear. Oh, you know, they're, they're visiting with can. their team, they're visiting yeah. with their their fa- you know their yeah. family, mm. and and there's all these people like and and and, and you know there's t- nine or ten of them with the same color uniform, yes. and so you, you, you got to tackle them before they get away. You got you got to okay, you got to r- real quick. You'll like this. I mentioned why Arizona, right? Okay. There's also a why not Mississippi. <laughs> and, 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 and truth or consequences, New Mexico. If you want to lead a boring life, there is boring Oregon. No, really. Some people kind of like that. <laughs> well, it's, it's laid back. Yeah. Red Loaf, Vermont. Okay. Peculiar, Missouri. Embarrass, Minnesota. Yeah. I wonder who embarrassed them. Duckwater, Nevada. I like these names. Duckwater. Yeah, Duckwater. Perfect. Uh, That's a good one. Um, Humptalumptus, Washington. Okay. I, oh, I didn't boy. Win. Thank you, Frank. Oh, Coming boy. up on some local business, we have to take care of news time after that. Wake up, Wyoming. Six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. So I do have some things that I'm going to go through this hour, which going to irritate you. I know. I'm sorry, but it's important that we get it out there. So here's the disclaimer. Warning. This show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. 
No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. So I started this morning talking about how pessimistic a lot of parents are, what kind of future their kids are going to have, or pessimistic, for that matter, are kids about the kind of future they're going to have and why that's the case. It's the propaganda they get, not just from news media or movies, television, social media as well, constantly telling them doom and gloom, doom and gloom. But that's so much of what we consume is doom and gloom. Something, something about human nature, so many of us respond more to pessimism than to optimism, which is why when you go to a bookstore, you find an entire section of how to be more optimistic and think positive and so on, because so many people have a problem with that. And it's also, again, being forced on us constantly. Pessimism, doom, gloom. Let's go to school for just a minute. The next few stories are just about schools. Headline for you. It's not just gender. Climate propaganda dominates the schools. This is where I asked earlier this morning, what exactly is school supposed to be for? Well, I guess the definition for public schools has changed. You just didn't know it. Story says it's easy to focus all of our attention on vile transgender propaganda spewed out in schools across the country. Transgender recruitment is a clear and present danger, he says. But schools are filled with leftist propaganda all intended to deconstruct every aspect of your social order. Economy? Why do so many kids leave school, for example, having no idea how capitalism works and thinking that capitalism is a bad idea because they learned it in school from teachers who don't understand economics. Our economy, our political system, all of it misrepresented in so many schools across America. Story says all of these ideological movements ultimately the same. Some vision or another of critical Marxism a bleak, dark future, which holds that our present society is irredeemably oppressive and must be destroyed. And destroying is the goal of the ideologists in, well, sub, some public schools across America. Some teachers show up not wanting to teach the subject that they were hired to teach, but to push this dark nonsense on our kids. The story says, real clear investigations did a deep dive into climate change propaganda being taught in our schools. Quote, public school districts are adopting curricula of climate change from well-funded progressive groups, casting the issue as a threat to life and a threat to the planet itself. And we have to respond. We have a very short time to do it or they're doomed. By the way, the can has been kicked down the road again. We're now doomed by 2050. I've given you before the timetable on that, how many times it was supposed to be the end of all things, according to the cult of climate change, and they keep kicking the can down the road. The new one is 2050. It's over by then. So whatever you were thinking, I know you heard just a few years ago, we had 12 years left. Well, now they've kicked the can down the road again. Al Gore, when he said we had 10 years we reach a tipping point 
that that was like 15 or so years ago that we passed that. Okay, as of fall of 2020, 29 states, District of Columbia, have adopted standards that require science classes to teach human-caused climate change as something that we are in peril of. School districts often rely on information provided by advocacy groups, including the Sierra Club, U.S. Green Building Council, and other such groups. The why and the how. We have to move our society to 100% what they call clean energy, but isn't. Steve is in Cheyenne. Morning, Steve. Uh, good morning, Mr. Woods. Uh, thank you and Miss Mary for taking my call. Uh-huh. Um, I'd like to make a respectful comment, if I may, about Absolutely. Um, uh, the woke culture that Laramie County finds itself in. Okay. Um, when our governor was running for office, um, he portrayed himself to be a conservative, and still does. Mm. Um, you know, having conservative values, so on and so forth. Um, but when Governor Gordon became governor, uh, and as you've pointed out on the air a few times, um, you know, with carbon footprints and so on and so forth, um, he's kind of gone over to the woke side. But it looks like, you know, the governor will be voted back in again, because that's what the people want, I think. Uh, the same thing with the, um, the county commissioners. Uh, we complained about um, uh, our taxes and, our, and especially what's going on in our schools. Um, but these are the people that have a pretty heavy control over what's going on. Same thing with the school board members. Um, uh, last time around, I, I tried to do my homework on as many of these school board members as I could find, and there was one of them. Um, who was actually uh, portraying herself as, as being a globalist. And that right off the bat, you know, was warning signals to me. So my suggestion to the people that are listening to this program is please do your homework because we're putting the people back into office that are making life tough for us. Um, and, and that's my comment. Hey, okay. Thank you for letting me speak. Absolutely. Thanks for calling Stephen and Cheyenne. Well, and, and to that point, also be very careful of people who represent themselves one way, but then when they get into office, you take a look at what they do, and it's a completely different thing. So this is why I have the Stay Out the Vote campaign every couple of years. And sometimes, well, every so often, somebody misunderstands what I'm talking about. Of course, you have the right to vote. Of course you do. But you also have a responsibility as a voter to be informed, to do your homework. Don't show up and just guess. If that's what you're doing, then you're doing more harm than good. Actually know the issues and know the people and make informed decisions when you vote. That's what our friend in Cheyenne was just talking about there. Now, on that note, let's take a look at this. Headline, Cowboy State Daily. Wyoming joins states clapping back against woke companies. Now, I'll get back to the schools in just a minute, but look at this. Wyoming Treasurer Kurt Meyer has signed his name to a letter to AT&T Board of Directors demanding to know if politics and not business were behind a decision by its former subsidiary, DirecTV, to remove the far-right One American News Network from the company's offerings. 
more and more states, as well as companies, are pushing back against a movement that has inserted social causes, ESG, you guys know it is, into business practices, arguing that such practices are not always in the best interest of customers, clients, and stakeholders. Now, we're, they're not letting us make these decisions. They're making it for us, right? Meyer, one of four state treasurers, the treasurer of Louisiana, South Carolina, West Virginia, with some of the others, just signed a letter which alleges that DirecTV's decision to move One American News Network was politically motivated. Quote, corporate officers and directors are legally obligated to act in the best interest of the corporation and shareholder, the letter says. Decision makers must act to maximize profit for the company. See, there's the real key there. Profit is the key. Profit's not a dirty word. Profit is the key. That's why you start a company. They may not uh, subordinate the financial well-being of the company for some political and personal end. And it talks about how DirecTV split from AT&T August of 2021. DirecTV spokesperson told Cowboy State Daily the decision was a routine one. Uh, earlier this year, we were informed, Harry Networks months ahead of that time, that the following routine internal review, we did not plan to enter into a new contract and let the prior one expire. So they don't say exactly why. But anyway, this goes down to, and the story continues to drill down to, not just one American news network, but as other companies as well. And that includes coal, gas, oil, things like this, where you have to fit a certain political narrative or they won't do business with you. Now, I did tell you about another company that's actually looking to fill that void that if you are a more, um, well, it's a company that doesn't care if you're conservative-minded. They care about how you do business, and then they will do business with you and loan money. Talked about that earlier. But there are officials in the state of Wyoming, is the, is the point, that want to talk to companies. Are you actually doing business in the state of Wyoming caring more about whether they fit your woke point of view? rather than if they are good for business? Because we don't do that in Wyoming. Now, I've got a couple of other stories for you as well. Uh, this One of them has to do with Wyoming's top educator saying pornography and indoctrination is a student crisis. And another one, a Cheyenne family. School moves on after the a transgender film is shown in a Wyoming high school. Some of the things that you got to know about, which is pushed on... Our, not just our young people, but pushed on society, which gives so many of us that pessimistic idea of the future because it's a gloom and doom scenario that they push on us, and oftentimes without our knowledge or without our permission. I'll get into more of it in just a minute. 718, Wake Up Wyoming. 97 Woods, or check with Glenn on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app from K2 Radio. Seven twenty-three to time. Wake up, Wyoming. So, okay, I'm going to dig a couple of Cowboy State Daily stories out for you. They they go together, but this is part of what I'm talking about. If you just join me, I started with a story earlier this morning that was actually just a Gallup survey and shows how really pessimistic parents are for the future of their kids. Kids are, and I look at why, and the pessimism comes from a lot of misinformation from doomsdayers of all sorts of different kinds. 
people who don't don't understand economics, capitalism, freedom, a republic, don't understand climate or science, but they claim they do. And they keep pushing their doomsday narratives on us, right? And I'm glad to see, talk about woke, that more and more people are starting to wake up to what's being pushed on them. So, headline, Wyoming's top educator says pornography indoctrination of students is a crisis. Wyoming Superintendent of Public Instruction Brian Schroeder says children are being indoctrinated over sexualized material with graphic content found in public schools across the state and nation. With a few months left in office, he used his position to host a Stop the Sexualization of Our Children press conference in Cheyenne. Quote, what this press conference is all about is not indicting Wyoming schools, but protecting them, he said. Because we're living in unprecedented times, like nothing we've ever faced in our nation's history. An ongoing dialogue, the story says, in Natrona County about a pair of sexually explicit books in Kelly Walsh High School Library is an example of what our school superintendent is talking about in Cheyenne. He said it's a troubling move is exposing children to inappropriate material. Now, here he says, this is a quote, now here we are actually debating the availability of sexually obscene and or pornographic material in our schools and public libraries. His voice was sort of cracking with emotion, the story says, as he talked about this. In a controversy, he said that we've seen extremely unthinkable, not to not, not many years ago. In other words, many, not many years ago, this stuff would have never been in our schools. Now we have to contend for common sense and common decency in our schools and our communities Another sign of the times, he says. More than 100 people turned out for the event. Little America is where they talked about this. And the story goes on to talk about uh, woke ideologies and the speakers. And they even showed other material that is very, very, very objectionable material. And it's not about uh, sexuality. That's not the point. The point is, this material is very graphic in nature. So there's the two uh, books that are in the Natrona County Schools, but other books and other materials have popped up as well. Now, here's another one. Again, Cowboy State Daily, Cheyenne Family. School moves on after transgender film shown in class. Story says a student was asked to leave a Wyoming high school classroom earlier this month after refusing to participate in a quiz on her gender identity. Now the student and family and the school are trying to move forward. A sociology teacher, South High School Cheyenne, showed students the PBS film Growing Up Trans, October 12th and 13th, according to Lorraine Wilcox, mother of the junior high student. Growing Up Trans is a, a study of children transitioning from, you know, well, during the transition, transgender, you get the idea. A doctor in the video says puberty blockers are generally safe and goes on. And that's that doctor's opinion and point of view, which was the only one that was offered in what was shown on on the on the movie they were watching. Lorraine Wilcox's daughter was homesick October 12th, but attended her sociology class on the 13th. She was told the class was finishing the movie and there was not an, an alternative thing that she could have studied. Even questions like how do you define male and female, what is understanding the difference, you know, between sex and gender and et cetera, et cetera. And she, parents did not even know in his case that this was happening. 
is part of the problem. And I wonder how many parents would have approved if they had known this material was in, in the schools. But on Wednesday, October 19th, the Wyoming news story uh, ran, which an unnamed district official claimed that Wilcox had not reached out to the school to talk about it. So there's that. The curriculum that Wilcox says uh, was posted for the sociology class vaguely referenced what was going on. After the incident, Wilcox's daughter, the high school, dispatched a letter stating that the sociology curriculum was adopted through the policy process in 2016. The course textbooks aligned with the standards of the class. Now, again, I don't think parents really knew about it, which is one of the reasons why I'm in favor of making sure that in the state of Wyoming, parents can actually see what is supposed to be taught in their classrooms, and if anything that is not laid out is taught, in other words, going around what the parents are able to see, then action should be taken. Parents should know what's happening in the classroom. Coming up on 7.30, local news, update on your weather forecast after that. Wake up, Wyoming. Six of time. It's wake up, Wyoming. Just got a note from my sister. She, <laughs> she's up at the family cabin in the Carolina mountains, closing it for the season. Carolina has a lot of trees up in those mountains, bushes and all that kind of stuff. Very colorful. The fall is not just yellow. It's all sorts of different colors. And it's extremely colorful up there because those mountains are just packed with trees and bushes. Yeah. She's listening to a local radio station, not listening to me. And, well, she can't get, even though she has the Wake Up Wyoming app, she can't always get a, a signal in those mountains to hear the program. So she's listening to a local radio station. And the local station is in a small, a small North Carolina town is given the obituary report, which they always do. And suddenly it strikes her this morning that the names of the obituary are no longer the names of our parents' generation, but are more like the names of our generation. So, <laughs> and she starts to hear names like, oh my God, I went to school with people who had those names. Oh dear Lord. She's getting to the generation where her generation is now on the obituaries. See, it was bad enough when you went to the grocery store and heard your favorite hit songs being played in the grocery store or any place that might play Muzak, and now your favorite hit songs are on the oldie station. But now your friends reach the obituary report and they look old. You ever walk down the aisle of a grocery store and think to yourself, well, there's an old guy for you. Then you realize you went to school with him. Yeah, getting to that age. All right, for those people who were with me at 6 o'clock this morning, I gave them the latest episode of Social Justice Warrior. I'm going to replay it for you guys who join me later in the morning. 
This is the episode that I got a lot of help from you folks out there. It was suggested that Social Justice Warrior had something like a Batmobile. Miss Mary said it should be his mom's car. So I wrote it, now episode one, because this has to be split into a couple of episodes at least. So here's part one. We now return you to another thrilling episode of Social Justice Warrior. On this week's episode, the bad guy is getting away. If only the Social Justice Warrior had his own version of the Batmobile. But, you know, more like a Ecomobile or something like that. There's something that runs on unicorn farts, whatever. My evil nemesis, average white guy, has just done the most dastardly deed. You just hate that diesel powered truck he bought, don't you? Get worse? He named his truck Gary. So? So that's assuming the truck's gender. And then he went out and bought those truck nuts and put them underneath the trailer hitch. So what are you gonna do about it? Sneak out in the middle of the night and neuter the truck? He's getting Away. He's going to the store to buy some bread. Quick, to the binary mobile. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> What? Well, if Batman can have his Batmobile. You mean your mom's car? Don't tell her I'm taking it. She was really pissed last time. So you're going to chase a diesel truck with an all-electric car? Well, sure. Why not? Well, for one thing, it's still charging. Well, that could take all night. Oh, it will. I'm sure the average white guy will be back from buying a loaf of bread by then. That's so hard, being an eco-friendly crime fighter. Join us next week as our social justice warrior chases down the bad guy in his uh, binary mobile or whatever. That's part one. Now, part two is where the car chase ensues, and I've already sent the script off. First off, to the Dan, who's in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. He plays the social justice warrior's sidekick, which is just a rather fat, lazy guy who hangs out in the cellar there, not paying rent. Well, both of those, Social Justice Warrior and his buddy there, are supposed to be paying rent to the Social Justice Warrior's parents because they both have useless degrees and are living in their garage, and they're like six months behind on the rent, so there's there's that. But then also, the second part of their script, or the, the final part of part two, it was sent to Fire Pit Paul, who is from Cheyenne, Wyoming, who does the voice of average white guy. So that was part one. Part two is coming. I might even have to split them into three parts as it gets into the car chase. In an electric car, of course, which he took from his mom without her permission. I appreciate the help on this as we develop the character here. Um, Rianne from Fort Danger asked, I, I should do like a comic book of him. It's just a matter of time. I even figured out how to draw him, the social justice warrior. The hardest part is he wears rainbow tights and doesn't have the butt for it. You try drawing that. 742, Wake Up Wyoming. Talk radio's Goss Wyoming and beyond with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio.
7.45 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Don, Dave, and Dave Weather. So, uh, Don, here's what I do like about the forecast. Temperatures are getting a little bit on the cooler side, you know, like 40s, 50s, temperatures like that. But I look down the course of the week here, and I see partly cloudy, mostly sunny, mostly sunny, partly cloudy. And on and on that goes. Rinse and repeat. That's nice. It is. Really, the only weather of any consequence is going to happen today and tomorrow with some snow in the mountains and a few rain and snow showers in the plains. Once we get beyond today through tomorrow morning, it's that rinse and repeat forecast from tomorrow afternoon. And as it looks right now, uh, barring any really big unexpected changes, I think we'll be able to continue the fair weather through Monday. Okay. Uh, Okay, there we go. Through Monday. Yeah, which is a big day. <laughs> okay, which is a very big yeah. important Halloween. Day for I know, yeah, and all of that. But but then what? After I, that, yeah. Well, I mean, I stop right there. Oh, okay. Stop it on right. Monday. Sounds like <laughs> if, if you if you're not forecasting past Monday, it just seems like a dark period, and I really worry what's going to happen after Monday. Is there something you're watching? Yeah, definitely. There's there's a change coming next week. Uh, change to colder weather again and probably an increased chance for some precipitation. Um, it would likely be in the Wednesday through Friday time frame of next week. That's what we're looking at now. Okay. But don't ask me how much snow is going to fall right. where yeah. and too all of those away. things. It's just too far out. Way too far away. But it does look like, though, as I've said earlier, it looks like we're sort of easing into winter. This is a really bad way to put it, a non-meteorological way of putting it. But it seems like everything's on schedule. Yeah, you know, sometimes sometimes things go according to the calendar. You know, some yeah. years they don't. But uh, that is that is a good observation because we haven't had that like that hammer. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, it, this this past week we have certainly seen it change to colder and more unsettled. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it wasn't one of these big uh, waves of cold. You know, just two years ago, I was looking back at October 2020, to this day, I believe on this date, many parts of Wyoming were below zero. Wow. Okay. Just two years ago. And we haven't had that yet. So well, it has it, been sort of easing into it. And every so often we do have one of those years where we don't even get fall. We just get smacked by winter, you know, for a couple of days. And then things settle down into into fall. Like winter wants us to know it's coming. Yeah, and I think for those falls we have missed, I yeah. think this fall made up for it. All right. Thank you, Don. Don Day with Day Weather. So, okay, this is where I know some people complaining about, you know, what the temperatures are and so on. We're kind of easing into it, and I don't mind that at all. Off we go to the icebox. Frank Gambino waiting by. Okay, so, Frank, my sister in North Carolina sent me a note. Okay. She's at the family cabin. She's listening to the local AM station for that small town up in the Carolina mountains. Okay. And they always do their obituary report. Oh, well, how long does that last? Well, she notices there's a change over the years where the names used to be the names of our parents' generation, common names. But now they're more common names for our generation. Okay, like like first or last names? Yeah, first names. Oh, first names. Yes, yes. So the names that our parents use for us. Like Leroy. Yes. Those are out. Yeah, right. Dave is in... In? You know, I thought it'd be out. No, that's the typical name these days for our generation, Frank. Yeah, yeah. Typical name. Well, like you, Frank. Yeah, Frank, yeah. A Frank would be on there. Frank died yes. today. You know, yeah. that kind of stuff. Okay, yeah. So I thought it's bad enough when you go to the grocery store and you hear on the music above your favorite songs. Mm-hmm. Or you turn on the oldie station 
And there's your favorite, you know. I've I've heard Ozzy Osbourne. Yes. At the, the grocery store. Oh my store. lord! Yeah. I, I and you know what? You, you, the other thing about that kind of thing is that yeah. marching bands in high school. Oh lord. Are, are playing these. Classic, yeah, see? classic rock and roll song. And then you open up the obituaries, and there's your friends. <laughs> yeah, I know. Or worse yet, you, you ever do this? I've done this. Walking through the grocery store again, right? And you see someone, you think, God, look at that old fart. He's not aging well. Then you realize you graduated high school with him. Yeah, but but you're aging better than he is. Yeah, that's usually a good thing. Okay, yeah, so I looked up. Yeah. Sign, those are signs you're getting older. All right. I know. So one of the other signs is things that you used to do all day now take you all day to do. That's a story of my life. Yes. Everything hurts, and what doesn't hurt doesn't work. Right. That's that, a story of my life, too. Yeah. The gleam in your eye is from the sun hitting your bifocals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and the refraction, you know, uh, that's right underneath your eyelid there, yeah. You feel like the morning after, and you haven't been anywhere. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what you, happened to us? See, your little black book contains only names that end in MD. <laughs> uh, your children are now middle-aged. Your family, oh, I'm sorry, you finally reach the top of the ladder and find it leaning against the wrong wall. I like that one, yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard to adjust that. Yeah. yeah. Your mind makes contracts your body can't meet. Mm -hmm. You look, oh, this is a big one. You look forward to a dull evening. I, I think that's not you look forward to it. It, yeah. is, it, it is the cards that were dealt to you even, on that particular day. Even when you start to look forward to naps. Oh, you well, know? yeah. That, I, that's, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you, you fought them when you were a kid, but as an adult. Oh, they're perfect. Our latest and last Wild Preps High School football poll is out with the playoffs starting on Friday. In 4A, Sheridan remains number one, followed by Cheyenne East, Natrona, Cheyenne Central, and Thunder Basin. In 3A, Cody still number one, Star Valley 2, Douglas 3, Buffalo 4, and Jackson 5. Lovell remains in the top of 2A with Bighorn 2nd, Lyman 3rd, Tongue River 4th, and Cokeville 5th. Pine Bluffs is still number one in 1A, 9-man, followed by Shoshone, Rocky Mountain, Big Piney, and Wind River. Little Snake River is number one in 1A, 6-man, followed by Dubois, Burlington, and Campman, and first in Eden. Wyoming Cowboy football team will be on the road. They'll be traveling to Hawaii for a Saturday night game. Pokes are 5-3 and three overall, 3-1 three and one in Mountain West Conference play, following a solid 28-14 win over Utah State in Laramie on Saturday night. Pokes have had a, had a really good night running the football, and their defense was sharp. Now, Hawaii comes into Saturday's game in Honolulu with an overall record of 2-6 and six and 1-2 and in Mountain West Conference play. Hawaii split their last two games with a loss to Colorado State and a win over Nevada. Cowboys are 11.5-point favorites in the game. That's a 10 p.m. start on the islands on Saturday night. The high school cross-country season concluded on Saturday in Ethany in the 4A girls race. Cheyenne Central Sydney Morrell won the state championship with a time of 1829.79. A year ago as a junior, she finished fourth and ran nearly a minute faster this year as opposed to last year in the state finals. She won Saturday's race by over 10 seconds, and there was plenty of hard work just to get to this point. All the girls on the team, including myself, put in a good amount of miles over the summer, and not necessarily just like just like loading the miles, but they're you know what I mean? They were like important and like structured workout, like tempos kind of things. And I just think that like the dynamic between the girls on the team really helped us like improve together during the season and the summer. And so I'm super thankful to be on the team that I am. So.
And the Central Girls finished 1-4-9-10 and 10 to win the team championship in 4A. In junior college soccer, the Region 9 tournament is underway on the men's side. Casper College, they're rated 14th in the country with a record of 14-3-1. The T-Bridge beat Northwest of Powell in the first round of the regional tournament. They will host LCCC from Cheyenne in the semifinals on Saturday in Casper. LCCC comes into the match with a record of 7-6-1, and they beat Western Nebraska in the first round. Casper College women's team, they're 10-4-1. They beat Trinidad 2-1 in the first round of that Region 9 tournament. The Birds will play LCCC in Pueblo, Colorado on Saturday. LCCC is 9-7 after a 6-3 win over Western Nebraska in that opening round of the Region 9 soccer tournament. So our crack research staff at Wake Up Wyoming, that would be Miss Mary when she's bored. Oh, no, no. Yeah. She's, she's drinking coffee That's and right, croissants. Yeah. Yeah, and, oh, you know, she's having such a good time. Man, right. I... Uh, sent me this one. No Gary's left in Britain by 2050. Gary could be wiped out within a generation after it emerged that no children have been named Gary since 1992. Really? Yeah. So you see what I mean by you're listening to the obituaries or looking at them in your local paper or whatever, and you realize, wait a second, these are people I went to school with, mm-hmm. and we're in the obits now, and they have like blue curly hair. Yeah. And they're named Gary. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. Roland's news time after that. Local National update on your weather forecast. It's Wake Up Wyoming. One thing I love about... It's 8.06. It's a Wednesday, and over the hump we go. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. So yesterday, a gentleman running for Natrona County Commissioner was on the program. I asked him a few questions on what he wanted to do as County Commissioner and just sort of let him talk. It was Darius Lard. And he afterwards got quite a bit of reaction from other people, and some even running for County Commissioner, which is why one of those. Jim is on the phone with us. Jim, pronounce your last name for me. Uh, how we pronounce it is Milne. Milne, uh, okay. A, yep. Milne, okay. Just making sure because I was getting a little bit dyslexic with where the E and the N was. <laughs> so, oh, I answered to all sorts of things yeah. by this point. Nobody gets my name right. So, okay, okay, that's good. But you're running for county commissioner. You wanted to respond to some of the things that Dallas said yesterday, but also talk about what you wanted to do with uh, as, as county commissioner. So I guess you're from a different point of view on what to do with uh, some of the money that the county has. Right, and and first, uh, sir, I'd, I'd really like to thank you for having the, di- the different candidates on, so that you, the voters can hear those different views. Um, you're right. I don't want to rebut uh, Mr. Laird. More like have a conversation, and respond to to what he was saying, and, and give those different viewpoints. Um, the hundred million dollars that he was talking about yesterday that the county received from the hospital sale. There is definitely two different views on that. He expressed his view of that the county needs all kinds of things, using his words. Um, he basically, in my opinion, it what that viewpoint is going to do is nickel and dime that amount of money to death. Um, basically, the county won't have anything left. Might have some nice buildings or whatever, but it doesn't set us up for the future. My vision or view on, on that money or how it should be used is is not to bury it, as, as 
she indicated, but make the money work for us. Invest it year after year, take the return, take the interest off of it, and use those returns on, on crazy stuff like, I don't know, boilers and building maintenance. And potentially after after a bit of time of trending, we might even be able to use that uh, those funds for potentially wages and, and the like. But that would be down the road after we see what what the, what the returns are going to be like. Um, okay. And some of the comments that I got from some listeners out there and a couple of other people also running for county commission in your county was what the proper role of government is. So what what county government should be spending money on and what is the private sector's business? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know that that kind of <laughs> I was talking to the radio a little bit when he mentioned that uh, using the money to either potentially, I don't know, he talked about a hotel and then he talked about a convention center. And, and I have a real problem with the county directly competing against private businesses. Um, when asked about convention centers locally, right off the bat, Ramcota, Best Western, we've got the event center and we've even got the fairgrounds that can be used. So why the county would need to step in when there's a private group that's already proceeding down that road of a convention center that's not the position the county should take. We do not need to be competing against private sector. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about, and this has been a big issue lately, uh, zoning within the county, because there are some people who are trying to pass more zoning, and then it looks to me like you're someone who would actually like just a little bit less of it, if not more. No, that you've got that dead on. Um, the The zoning was... The rewrite was actually initiated to reduce the the zoning current heavy handedness of the current zoning now um a lot i'm I'm really glad a lot of people are seeing this being involved we're getting a lot of good comments and and some of the things that are being found right now actually are in the current zone right now and and they're easy to find now because we reorganized the, the zoning and, and put it into a simpler, simplified language. Um, you know, everybody uses page count to, to decide how big this zoning is or, or anything like that. So 208 pages, is that a lot? Absolutely, that's a lot. But from the current zoning, if you take a look at the page count, and there's some zone or some amendments and whatnot that aren't actually even on the Posted amendment or the zoning right now that is out there, we've reduced it by 20% already by reducing or, re, you know, removing uh, redundant codes and, and wordy verbiage that was in there. And that includes with, the, with us adding tables and diagrams to help explain what the, the verbiage is actually saying. And that takes up quite a bit of room. So, Honestly, how much text has been removed, I can't say, but but yeah, it's it's approximately twenty percent removed right now. So I'm I'm pretty happy about that. We we still have a lot to go. Um if speaking for myself, if if we don't get a clean copy before us, we won't pass that. I can't support it. Um the there's a lot of language in there that still needs to be removed that can't was it able to sneak through through the committee 
through um, the current zoning language that just followed through into the rewrite. Some of that still needs to be removed. Uh, some from past staff recommendations that some of that needs to be removed. It, it's still a process. We're still taking comments, and we're taking still taking suggestions. And uh, by all means, you know if if people have suggestion or, or want to discuss it, um, have uh, suggested language, by all means, contact any of us, contact me, and and we'll uh, look at it and make sure we add it into the comments uh, okay. log. And, and if it's, if everybody agrees, yeah, we'll, we'll add it or subtract it. Jim Mon is my guest. He's a candidate for county county uh, county commissioner in the front of county of Wyoming. So big elephant in the room, not just in your county, but across Wyoming. Taking a look at property taxes and how we assess them. That has been a huge fight this year. A lot of people not happy because suddenly they're what they owe yearly has just skyrocketed. It has. It has. It's been horrible having to sit in the board of equalization hearings and sit across from somebody and and your heart just bleeds for them. You, you're sitting there watching and, and they don't understand the process, don't understand what happened. Um, and there's there's very little the county board of equalization can do, unfortunately, for these people. And basically make sure two plus two equals four and that the assessor hasn't been arbitrary in in how in his methodology of, of how he's applying the taxes. It, short of that, it's it's been just just been miserable for Natchona County. Okay. So what gets done about that? Um I, I know people say this is a cop out, but you've got to talk to your legislators. Okay. It's gotta to go to the state people. Our hands are tied at the local level. Okay. How do people I mean, get a hold could, of you to find out more about your candidacy and what you want to do for the county? Uh, they can call me. My phone number's on online. I'm on Facebook. Um, just however, see me walking down the street, give me a holler. It's, okay. I, I'm happy to talk to anybody anytime. All right. Thank you for coming on this morning. I appreciate it. Hey, no problems. All right, 9.15, Wake Up Wyoming. Interstate 90. Faster than a new case of measles. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Live on AM 1030 and the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. All right, let's do the open phone thing, which I do give you every day of the week at some point. Triple eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Halloween is right around the corner. Now, remember, if you're going to do the Halloween thing, you got to be very careful these days about what costume you wear. Don't want to offend anyone. Last Halloween, there was a town in Washington State that we're all going to celebrate Halloween at their elementary school, and they're going to let all the kids dress up in Halloween costumes. But this is what they told the kids. But, girls, you can't dress like a witch. There was a woman from the local Wicked chapter that was offended by the stereotype. <laughs> Wait a minute. Excuse me, but if you're getting offended because you're a witch, you should be. I've read about you people. 
You tried to throw Hansel and Gretel in an oven. You're poisoning apples. You're riding around on brooms. You got a big fat nose. You got warts sticking out of your face. You're throwing curses on everybody. If anybody deserves to be offended in this country, it's a witch. If I offend you and you're a witch, I don't know, isn't there a potion for that? <laughs> Maybe some bat wings, some lizard legs, some rutabagas, mix them up in a cauldron, drink it all up. Because I'm thinking, if you control the universe with your incantations, why, you'd have bigger fish to fry than being offended by a six-year-old in striped socks and a pointed hat trying to score a Kit Kat bar at a Halloween, you dork. Put a helmet on and slam it down tight. Oh, stop the presses. We're offending witches now. Lord have mercy. Count your blessings. At least we stop burning you at the stake, you big baby. Now there's a point there. Head on over to James, who's in Casper. Morning, James. Good morning, Ted. Yes, sir. Uh, with Veterans Day coming up, a uh, suggestion for your weekend war, uh, social justice warrior. Yeah. Uh... He makes the mistake of offending a World War II Marine vet and <laughs> ends up getting his butt kicked. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you got to figure, this guy is so worried about offending certain people, but not worried about offending other people, right? Right. Yeah, okay. So then at some point, he's got to offend the wrong person, right? And it, who better than a World War II uh, sure. Marine vet who's... Okay, wait, let, let's let's do this. Since you're talking World War II, this guy's got to be in like his 90s, right? And uh, with a walker, can barely stand up, and yet can still kick walker the social justice. Yes, and can still kick the social justice warrior's butt. Exactly. All right, it sounds like a perfect plot to me. All right. All right. Thank you, James. Appreciate it. See, people tossing out new ideas for the social justice warrior. I will play. Let me say, should I go ahead and do it now? Yeah, well, what the heck, why not? Um, I do have the latest. He needs a Batmobile. That's, uh, fine. This is the latest episode. Let's go again. We now return you to another thrilling episode of Social Justice Warrior. On this week's episode, the bad guy is getting away. If only the Social Justice Warrior had his own version of the Batmobile. But, you know, more like a Ecomobile or something like that. There's something that runs on unicorn farts. Whatever. My evil nemesis, average white guy, has just done the most dastardly deed. You just hate that diesel-powered truck he bought, don't you? Get worse? He named his truck Gary. So? So that's assuming the truck's gender. And then he went out and bought those truck nuts and put them underneath the trailer hitch. So what are you going to do about it? Sneak out in the middle of the night and neuter the truck? He's getting away. He's going to the store to buy some bread. Quick, to the binary mobile. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> What? Well, if Batman can have his Batmobile. You mean your mom's car? Don't tell her I'm taking it. She was really pissed last time. So you're going to chase a diesel truck with an all-electric car? Oh, sure. Why not? Well, for one thing, it's still charging. Well, that could take all night. Oh, it will. I'm 
sure the average white guy will be back from buying a loaf of bread by then. That's so hard, being an eco-friendly crime fighter. Join us next week as our social justice warrior chases down the bad guy in his uh, binary mobile. Do whatever. Yeah, that's part one. Part two comes where there's actually going to be a car chase in that one. Oh, I got plans. Okay, I was just sent this from Kevin in Wheatland, Wyoming. Morning, Kevin. Ex-CIA insider. Biden just signed the U.S. dollar's death warrant. Not surprised there. When it comes to big financial predictions, remove financial, uh, renowned, pardon me, financial analyst, Jim Rickards doesn't mince words. As an ex-CIA insider and financial advisor for the Pentagon, he has been leading, well, a leading voice in global finance for decades. He has a major influence in negotiation in the end of Iran crisis during the Reagan administration and talks about his books. Currency Wars is one of his books. Today, he's sounding the alarm. Most people don't want to hear this, but according to him, U.S. dollars, we know it, is pretty much doomed. President Biden signed the death warrant on March 9th with executive order 14067. According to Jim, buried inside this little-known federal order is a specific language that could lead not only to uh, legal government surveillance of U.S. citizens, but also total control over bank accounts. This is uh, pretty sinister, he says, to tell the truth. Worse, it could spell disaster for millions of Americans. So look at Executive Order 14067. Why is it so devious? Okay. Uh, that would be uh, a threat to privacy and security when it comes to looking at what is in your bank account and how you're spending your money. So he just released a book on this. He said, look between inflation, supply chains, unstable markets, American savings accounts, how you, where you put your savings, why you put your savings there. And Biden is getting pressure from all sides to do something about it. He said, I believe it's only a matter of time before... He pulls the trigger. Well, we'll see. Now, uh, that's an interesting observation. I think we end up with the dollar crashing for an entirely different reason. And that's because of the way that the country has been borrowing and spending money, especially, and not just the, every, every administration does this. Even, well, we, the Obama administration and then the Trump administration borrowing trillions of dollars against future generations. Then here comes the Biden administration, borrowing trillions of dollars against future generations. And at some point, the money ends up becoming just useless currency and crashes. That's what I'm most worried about. So we'll see what this guy's book has to say, but okay. Uh, Grandpa Rich in Thermopolis. Oh, you're going to do this to me, Grandpa? Okay, hang on. Let me get the sound effects out there. Since I'm doing open phones, I can go ahead and... Change topics as people are doing with it. So, okay, Liz Cheney is starting to sound like Hillary Clinton. Liz thinks that uh, she's going to stop Trump from being reelected. It's a little worse than that. Get a load of this, Grandpa Rich. He's in Thermopolis, Wyoming, by the way. Have you heard of, well, let's, it, it, actually, there's a word that I came up for this this morning. Anyway, she thinks that the next election will be stolen. Yeah, uh, election pre-denialism, that's what I call it. 
Hillary Clinton says right-wing extremists are planning literally to steal the 2024 presidential election. Okay, I can get into what Hillary has to say, but that's basically what she said, right? So we're into, we're, we're how far out from 2024? Yeah, a couple of years here. Pre-election denialism. And yet, and if you say that the last election was stolen, you're supposed to just shut up and sit down because you're a tin hatter. But they can pre-election denial and get away with it, especially because it's Hillary. Coming up on 8.30, open phone segment. Nice long segment of it right after local news update on your weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Six at a time. Wake up, Wyoming. I just sent a note to Miss Mary. It's where I am right now, 27 degrees outside. Then after I said that, uh, you know, on Facebook, they got these. Uh, one year ago today, a friend of mine stepped outside with a cup of boiling water and threw it into the air, and it turned instantly into steam. And, you know, that happens when it's cold enough. It was negative four at the time when he did that. So as long as I'm talking about weather, ladies and gentlemen, the only hit song Al Gore thinks that he ever had but didn't. You're driving a big car. I come on your radio. I say the end's close. You just say no. I say it's global warming. But you call me a liar But this planet's on fire I remember it was uh, decades ago I was reading a story. At, uh, we, this is back when the newspapers, magazines, news media outlets were all hysteric because we're going into it in the next ice age. The next ice age is upon us. And it was noted at the time that it had nothing to do with human beings because as we looked out at planets across the solar system, they were getting colder too. In fact, the polar ice caps on Mars were getting bigger. Now, things have warmed up a bit. Not substantially, but things have been a bit warmer. You know, Here's a story that I came across just this morning. I uh, get back all the way up to the top of this thing. Okay. It shows that as we are uh, warming just a bit on planet Earth, and again, this is not anything catastrophic here. Let's go take a look at what's happening with planets like Mars and Pluto. Some of the moons around Jupiter, for example. Well, at, at the same time, those planets are showing signs of warming. Ice caps melting, things like that. So little by little, things get a little bit warmer across the entire planet. The story says if the sun is the primary driver of climate change, one should expect to see evidence of recent warming on other planets. Well, as Earth has warmed over the past 100 years, so has Jupiter and Neptune and Mars and Pluto and some of the 
planets around Jupiter, or I should say uh, moons around Jupiter. Jupiter is the largest planet in the solar system. Its most distinctive features, Great Red Spot, which is a huge storm that's been raging for as near as we can tell about 300 years. A new storm called Red Spot Jr. recently formed. That's a merger of three oval-shaped storms between 1998 and 2000. The latest image from Hubble Telescope suggests Jupiter is in the midst of climate change that can modify temperatures by as much as 10 degrees Fahrenheit on different parts of the globe. The new storm has been rising in altitude above the surrounding clouds, which signals temperatures are increasing on Jupiter. Neptune is the furthest planet from the sun. Pluto, dwarf planet, orbits around the sun uh, at 30 times the distance from the sun and Earth. And all of what I just mentioned right there, all of that is warming. Now, again, when I go back uh, some time ago, you know, when I go back and take a look at what was the big news when I was a kid compared to what the big news is now. We went from the Ice Age to now everything is warming up. But even then, no matter what happens, they've got to claim that it's uh, our fault, whatever the case is, even though some of the same things are happening on other planets at exactly the same time. If you really want to talk science, you'd want to bring that into it as well, right? Okay. So why not bring up, hey, why is it that as, yes, it is true that when you take a look at our polar ice caps, they have been bigger. There's a reason for this, by the way, but they have been bigger. Well, at the same time, so has the ice caps on Mars and some of the other places that I've just mentioned to you. Now, here's another one. Climate Depot is a good website to go to. UN Climate Summit heading for a geological hurricane. Ukraine war has set the stage for backsliding. The war in Ukraine divided nations over what some saw as a fight between Russia and Western interests and supercharged an energy crisis at the recent summits they've been having, a global consensus to cut down on coal and energy production using gas and oil and so on, is now falling apart. The COP27, which is a meeting they're having, a convention basically, while the international community is facing a financial debt crisis, energy policies, energy crises are happening, food crisis on top of that, and also because of that. And on top of them, a climate crisis, they say? Who's going to win this one? I'll tell you what actually happens is when nations begin to notice they're all for going all green and getting rid of coal and gas and oil until they notice that the people are starting to get upset. They're getting hungry. They're cold in the wintertime. They're too hot in the summertime. They don't have any fuel to run their businesses or get around. And as people start getting miserable, no pun intended, the climate changes. In this case, the political climate. The story says, last time world leaders got together for a climate summit, the backdrop was menacing. A pandemic had dismantled national budgets. Poor countries were up in arms over hoarding no COVID-19 vaccines. 
And the same wealthy nations whose fossil fuel consumption did the most warming to the planet, so they said, between the two uh, largest emitters, the U.S. and China, had devoted, uh, have devolved into zero-sum skirmishes. But now, well, those were the good old days when they would have these climate conferences and something they thought would be done about it. By the way, every time they have one of these climate conferences to find out how they're going to solve the whole climate crisis, a lot of promises are made. But then those countries go back and do very little oftentimes not even keeping their promises, although they signed a piece of paper saying they were they would do so. But very few of those countries actually ever do what they say they're going to do to save the planet. But here, once again, as we have a problem in the here worldwide, not just in the United States, energy has become a problem because we've decided to go toward more unreliable energy right away people have found themselves getting hungry getting cold or maybe too hot or they can't get anywhere inflation energy prices skyrocket and because of that people start getting upset and they want changes back to the way things were before and the politicians wanting to keep their jobs their money and their power are more than happy to give it to them so was it really ever about saving the planet to the Church of Global Warming. Uh, sorry, I, I just came in to get out of the cold. You don't, you don't mind, do you? Well, you know, the cold outside is due to global warming. Wait, wasn't this the same church that said that this part of the world was going to be a sandy desert by now? Global warming works in mysterious ways. Right, kind of like God works in mysterious ways. Hey, hey, careful how you talk about the Obama. You know, I, I think I'll just wait outside and suffer in the driving blizzard. Besides, it's freezing cold in here. That's because global warming froze over the wind turbine blades in the clouds and snow and ice cover the solar panels, you idiot. Radios is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Something on your mind? Join in at 888-97-WOODS. 848 to time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to the ice box. Frank Gambino is waiting by. Frank, story on the Wake Up Wyoming website over here. Now, I've heard, of course, besides people riding horses, people have saddled up a cow. Yeah. And, a, uh... a fluffy cow. Mm-hmm. And, and a buffalo. Yeah, that's a fluffy cow, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw that in a movie. Right. And then uh, people who used to ride elk. Yeah, I saw that, too. Yeah, okay. Now, here's and, re- a, and reindeer. Reindeer? Yeah, okay. So there's a video from a guy in Wyoming, 1910, and he just saddles up his big, big, this is a big, we're not talking pronghorn here. We're talking to big suckers, you big. know. And, uh, yeah, there, you know, Santa has his reindeer, right? But mm-hmm. he's not riding them. He's, they're pulling the sleigh. Yeah. Now, this is a guy who just saddles them up. And just rides them. And just rides them like that. Well, yeah. It's better than walking. Well, and I look at it this way. Uh, there's some extra conveniences because the thing has antlers, big rack of antlers. So you hang on, yeah. Well, you can hang on and, to that. And you that. can steer. Sure, you can steer with that, yeah. And you can also hang on uh, other things up there. Like, uh, did you have a little water bottle? 
on a string yeah. you wanted to hang or, or, there. Or, 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 you know, like blinking lights to make sure, sure that people know you're coming. You know, Got some snacks? You can go yeah. ahead and hang your snacks up there. Is it getting kind of warm out and you want to take your coat off? Put it right on there. Right yeah. there, there you go. There's an antler right there. Just go ahead and hang it up over there. So I kind of wonder, why did we get so uh, into the horse when the practicality of these antlers? Well, how, how well behaved are they? Reindeer oh. and the elk compared well, to a horse. Okay, maybe it. Well, then why wouldn't you want to take the? Uh, would, you, would you like to go on, a, on an elk ride during the rut season? Uh, no, that would be bad. But then, okay, you, you, you'll I'm, lose your jacket, your water bottle, and yeah, and, and everything that's on the animals. You'll probably lose. And you. there's a part of this whole experience I don't want to hang on for. But then, <laughs> what about when you go to war? Though you can use that. Hey, just teach the thing to to tilt down its antlers and go charging the enemy. As long as you're not on it. As, well, I'm, I can be on the back, but I don't, you know. No, 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 no. It, it'd be one of those things like, you, you, elk, go over there. Yeah, okay. So Attack. I get off and just tell him to charge. I yeah, pretty you. much, yeah. yeah. On the Wyoming Cowboy football team on the road this week, they're going to travel to Hawaii for a Saturday night game. The folks are 5-3 and three overall, 3-1 three and one in Mountain West play, following a solid 28-14 win over Utah State in Laramie on Saturday night. Pokes had a good night running the football, really, well over 300 yards, and the defense was sharp. Now, Hawaii will come into Saturday's game in Honolulu with an overall record of 2-6 and six and 1-2 and in Mountain West Conference play. Hawaii split their last two games with a loss to CSU, then a win over Nevada. Cowboys are 11.5 point favorites in the game. That's a 10 p.m. start on the islands on Saturday night. Our latest and last Wild Preps High School football poll is out with the playoffs starting on Friday. In 4A, Sheridan remains number one, followed by Cheyenne East and Detrona, Cheyenne Central and Thunder Basin. In 3A, Coding number one, Star Valley two, Douglas three, Buffalo four, and Jackson five. Lovell remains on top of 2A with Bighorn second, Lyman third, Tongue River fourth, and Cokeville fifth. Pine Bluffs is still number one in 1A nine man, followed by Shoshone, Rocky Mountain, Big Piney, and Wind River. Little Snake River is number one in 1A six man, followed by Dubois, Burlington, and Cabin, and Farson Eden. High school cross country season did conclude on Saturday in Ethany in the 4A girls race. Cheyenne Central Sydney Morrell won the state championship with a solid effort in 18 29 79. A year ago, as a junior, she finished fourth at the state race and ran nearly a minute faster this year at state as opposed to a year ago. She won Saturday's race by over 10 seconds, and hey, for her, it's just go out and get the gold. I thought it went really well. I wasn't assuming to take the lead. Or, yeah, I wasn't assuming to take the lead so early. And so the last mile of the race was rough, like, mental-wise. But it was super nice to be able to see that I can finish the last mile pretty much solo. And the Central Girls went 1-4-9-10 and 10 to win the 4 ace team championship for the second year in a row. Junior college soccer, the Region 9 tournaments are underway. On the men's side, Casper College is rated 14th in the country with a 14-3-1 record. The T-Birds beat Northwest DePaul in the first round 4 to nothing in that regional tournament. They'll host LCCC from Cheyenne in the semifinals on Saturday in Casper. LCCC comes into the match with a record of 7-6-1. They beat Western Nebraska in the first round of the tournament. The Casper College women's team is 10-4-1, and they defeated Trinidad 2-1 in the first round of the Region 9 Tournament. The Birds will meet LCCC in Pueblo, Colorado. Coming up on Friday, the LCCC team is 9-7 and seven after a 6-3 win over Western Nebraska in the opening round of that Region 9 Tournament. That's it in sports. That young lady sounds like uh, you and I sound after we've walked up from downstairs. Yeah, yeah, but she, she ran the, you know, yes. fi- 5K. Yeah, she had to run a 5K to get that way. We yeah. had to go downstairs for a cup of coffee. Yeah, and, well, yeah. Th- 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 that's not the problem. It's coming yeah. back up. Well, that's true, yeah. 
When you find yourself going halfway up and then stopping to rest before you take the second flight, now you know you're screwed. Well, it's time to see a cardiologist. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business, we have to take care. We're going to roll into news time after that. National local update on the weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Time is 906. It's Wake Up Wyoming. We'll get back to open phones in just a bit because there's a guest on the line that I want to chat with. For just a couple of minutes, and then it's you and I again, Triple Eight Ninety Seven Woods. Rachel's on the line with us. She's with Food Bank of the Rockies. So you see potatoes everywhere, right? I do. Okay. There were potatoes in our uh, in our eyes. Okay. Well, and, and potatoes have eyes. So just to we're tossing that out there. Time <laughs> is it time to get out there and start? What, what are we doing with all these potatoes? So uh, the Food Bank of Wyoming actually has a, we have a wonderful partnership with the University of Wyoming. Uh, there's two extension programs. One of them is a sustainable ag research and sensible nutrition. And um, they helped us organize a potato dig and harvested over 11,000 pounds of potatoes to right. donate to the Food Bank of Wyoming. Oh, holy cow. That's a massive. Okay. So what happens with all of this? So those potatoes, um, with the donation of those potatoes, we are then able to distribute to all of our partners across the state. So we have about 150 hunger relief partners in all 23 counties across the state. Um, and they, you know, and that includes like food pantries, um, congregate feeding sites, senior centers, things like that. And so they were able to receive those potatoes and then distribute them out to um, communities, to um, those that um, are in need that might be facing uh, some uh, food insecurity okay. this fall. Okay. So now for those people out there who are listening to you would like to help out, and usually it's this time of year when a lot of people start thinking about it, but you need help all year long, I know, because there's, you know, times are tough. People are struggling right now, especially. So how do people get a hold of you and help you out? Yeah, well, thanks for asking that, Glenn. Um, you know, right now you are right um, because of inflation and, and, you know, the high cost of fuel prices, there are a lot of our Wyoming neighbors that are in need right now. And one of the things that they are seeking out um, is help with food um, at their local food pantries or churches or um, soup kitchens and things like that. And so, you know, honestly, the best way you can help out is you can um, donate to the Food Bank of Wyoming. Uh, we are able to stretch those dollars a lot further because we're able to um, buy in bulk and then distribute that food across the state. Um, and then the other way that you can help out too is to volunteer. Uh, you know, we really rely on our volunteers to um, help us get this food across the state. Um, and I know that also um, if you're in communities in Wyoming, you know, if you're not here in Casper, if you're in communities across Wyoming, um, your local food pantry um, would also take donations of food and donations of your time to volunteer. In fact, let me grab the story real quick here. I grabbed one that I wrote up this morning 
on the Wake Up Wyoming website. So if you go up to Campbell County, Gillette, Wyoming, Salvation Army is uh, falling a little short right now. They asked the community to help help them restock. Yes, and, you know, that is a great way to help your community out. Um, you know, I would imagine that the Salvation Army in Campbell County will take donation of food. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also imagine that they will take financial donations. And then, again, if you can't do those two things, then the donation of your time Anytime. is very valuable. No matter where you live, there's some organization doing exactly this. Okay, let's get people in touch with you. How do they get in touch with you? Uh, so the best way to get in touch with us is um, our website, um, and that is wyomingfoodbank.org. Um, you can also call our main number, uh, which is 307-265-2172. All right. Hey, as you progress throughout the rest of the year, keep in touch with us so we can help you out anytime you need either people or that financial support. Oh, thank you so much, Glenn. We really appreciate it. Like I said, there's a lot of our Wyoming neighbors that are in need right now. So any help we can get, we would welcome. The need is year-round, not just holidays. All right, thank you. Nine tens of time, 888-97. What's the phone number? It's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. So, okay, we're getting into Halloween time. Caution. Careful. If you're a trick-or-treater, because there are those people who play the game fairly, and then there's the socialists. And looks like you've done really well for yourself. Yeah, yeah, I've been walking all over the neighborhood farther than anyone else. Hey, what, what, what are you doing? That's my candy. Oh, you didn't earn that. Sharing is caring, you know. There are kids out there who are less fortunate and can't afford a costume this year. Yeah, well, they can go out and mow lawns and earn money like, like I did. They weren't out there trick-or-treating. But they're the less fortunate. But they never left the house. I did all the work. Well, and you know, I'm afraid there's just not enough here. We're going to have to ask you to go out and get some more. But, but, be back by nine. That's bedtime. See you later. And you got to be real careful, especially around the holiday season, Halloween season, because uh, there are people who, well, they just get sort of the wrong kind of candies. And just so you know, kids are going to judge you based on what kind of Halloween candy that you're passing out when at the door. Here, I'll give you a few examples. I wrote this up for the Wake Up Wyoming website here. but Okay, so hard candies in cellophane wrappers. What generation are you from? That just shows you that you're old. You know the kind of hard candy that a kid has to just kind of suck on for a while and a while longer and a while longer and a while longer. Eventually, they just start to chew on it to get the damn thing over with. Okay, you're an old person if you're handing those out. That was a generation that invented, well, that they didn't know about the invention of candy yet. They had this stuff, this crap. Real candy wasn't invented until much later. All right, next, those people who end out pennies usually it's because they ran out of candy but they hand out pennies or they worse yet this is the worst kind toothpaste toothbrushes what are you thinking apples if you're someone who gives out a box of raisins 
What are you even thinking there? Now, for those who hand out those little candies, you know, what they call the fun size, now you're starting to get the groove of things. You're getting better. However, that's still what they call fun size. I see nothing fun about those sizes. I have to eat like six Kit Kat bars before I can finally have an entire Kit Kat bar and have fun. Now, for those people, the kids go to your door and you're handing out candies that are not name brand candies. Oh, they look like the name brand candies, but they're not name brand candies. No one knows these names. If you're that person, then you shop for candy at the dollar store, didn't you? And you shop for the cheap crap at the dollar store, didn't you? Yes, you did. So either the kids are going to feel sorry for you because you're broke, or they're just going to consider you cheap. They're, not, they're just going to have to decide at the time. Sour candies, don't even think about it. That's just wrong. Now, the full-size candy bars. As soon as somebody starts dropping full-size candy bars into the baskets, word spreads as to where that house is. And all the kids know to go to that house because they hand out the full-size candy bars. It also makes me wonder, I get kind of suspicious, is that also the house where the serial killer lives? 9.15. Wake up, Wyoming. Top and bottom of every hour, this is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. 920 is the time. 888 Woods, the phone number that's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine by me. Now, normally I'm picking on New York Times. Because they really are one of the worst newspapers out there. Now, in this case, though, I'm going to tell you about a story where they started on the right track, but they didn't get the right conclusion. But that's typical for New York Times. So the story says, as Earth... Pardon me. Pass that one up. I already read that one. Uh, We're going to go to Spain. And there is a Spanish Stonehenge there, if you will. Not as big as the one that you're familiar with, but still, it's rather large, and there's a bunch of stones arranged in essentially the same way. And they call it the Spanish Stonehenge. The reason you don't know a whole lot about it is because it's been underwater. But it's been emerging again. Now, there are some droughts, as you know, droughts come and go. That's just part of the cycle of things. So here's what the New York Times missed in their article. You see, the drought, well, they were in a period of low water at the time when this particular Stonehenge was built. Uh, Now what we consider to be the coast of Spain, but it was inland quite a bit, right? And that's when they built this Stonehenge in Spain, in what we now call Spain. Then water levels rose. Well, there's periods of hot and cold and so on. So we came out of an ice age, and as we came out of the ice age, sea levels rose. And so that Stonehenge wound up underwater. Modern humans accidentally discovered it. Oh, there's this Stonehenge thing down there underwater, sort of in a bay area. It's way underwater. But now because of sort of a drought in the area, it's exposed again. At some point, though, it'll be back underwater. 
if you think about it, as cycles continue to go back and forth. This is why New York Times sort of got it right but missed a lot. They talked about the fact that, well, due to climate change, we can now see the Stonehenge again that's in Spain. Yeah, but think about it. When it was built, it was built on dry land. They didn't build that underwater. They built it on dry land. And it was covered up by water and forgotten about for a couple of thousand years maybe more than a couple thousand years and now we can see it again and someday it might just be underwater again as things go back and forth and back and forth right now there's this story also the title of this this is from the colorado sun hello folks in colorado the wind turbines on this colorado farm are 20 years old who's going to take them down subtitle as wind farms flood the eastern plains this renewable, and I'll put that in quotes because it's really not renewable, energy alternative is now running into some concerns. Now, this is a guy on his property was approached by a wind company that offered him money. We want to put these turbines on your property, and we're going to pay you for this, and you're going to keep getting paid, just like if you had an oil well on your property. You got some royalties or residuals, whatever the case is out of this. And a guy liked the idea because this gentleman, now 71 years old, the story says, has long been intrigued by wind energy. He also considered erecting some turbines for his own use, as well as solar panels, and calls himself a firm believer in the science of global warming. Well, that's his take on it, that it's science. I can get into a whole discussion like that, but I'll have to take up all of tomorrow's show to do it. You get the idea. But here are his concerns, because he got involved in this because they offered him money, but also he's a supporter of this stuff, right? So they come dangling money in front of him. And wow, this is huge. He's going to be making money just because he's got a wind farm on his property in Colorado. He learned his contract paid far less than the industry standards, and it didn't adjust for inflation. As years went by, blinking lights atop each tower meant to warn planes went haywire, resembling a psychedelic light show at night. One turbine cranked and cranked for months before its nose fell off. It was making a lot of noise. Then its nose fell off, sending fiberglass chunks plummeting into the field below. At least he didn't have to deal with a fire. These things, as you know, catch fire. There was recently, I think it was in Idaho, one caught fire and set the field on fire underneath it. But okay, he's no longer sure what company owns the turbines. Payments have kept coming, but which contractor is he operating with? And the project is supposed to end, well, it was supposed to end by 2020. So one global, one power company involved at one point had a discussion with the landowner about this, this gentleman who was in favor of all of this at first, but they haven't received any word on repairs made or who's going to get rid of it or something because the contract is up. So this gentleman from Colorado rifles through his chest drawers one summer afternoon looking for letters, anything. Who does he have a contract with? Talk about a runaround, he said. He was one of the first landowners to sign a wind company contract in Logan County, now at the center of a what's called a renewable energy push 
that has changed the horizon for those of you in northern Colorado. You know what the horizon looks like now. With wind companies eager to cash in, because this is government subsidies, right? And tax credits as well. And it's also embraced by local leaders, which is more subsidies and so on. Kansas, Wyoming, Nebraska have all started cashing in because, well, here comes all of this money from the federal government. The growth of these energy projects, the story says, uh, about $1.7 in transmission projects have to be set up as well in Colorado and the surrounding states. But the energy push brings with it concerns that, well, you can hear them, you can see them, they blink all night long, they're heavily subsidized. What happens when the subsidies run out? More than 100 years of state statute and case law governs oil and gas development in Colorado, but only a patchwork of local regulations guide these utilities. And here's part of the problem with this, because... As I've said before, even with when you're putting up electric charging stations for those people taking government money to put up electric charging stations. Sounds great until you're stuck having to care for it yourself. They will clear the bureaucracy so you can set up wind turbines and solar panels and charging stations. But if you try to set up anything dealing with coal, gas, and oil, good luck. Not only are you not going to get any subsidies out of that, nor should you really or tax breaks out of that for that matter. But you're gonna be just buried in bureaucracy. So the question that this gentleman, 20 years ago, he allowed them to build wind turbines on his property. And it's gotten to the point where he doesn't know who owns them anymore. He's worried the subsidies run out. Does he get any more money off of this? Who's gonna repair them? If they're not gonna be repaired, who's gonna take them down? I mean, he's really left holding a massive bag on this, isn't he? Coming up on 9.30. Look at your local news coming your way right after local news update on your weather forecast. And you and I get into it with another nice segment of open phones. 888-97 Woods, the phone number. It's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. So wake up, Wyoming. o'clock news you need wake up wyoming with glenn woods mornings on k2 radio Nine thirty-six. the time to wake up wyoming now don't forget anything that i might have talked about earlier this morning or even throughout the week is available to you i do regularly have conversations with people who tell me, well, I was only able to catch part of the show or I missed yesterday's show. You don't have to miss any of them. Use the Wake Up Wyoming app, free to download at your app store. Touch on demand on the toolbar, select your episode. Also, those funny bits that we create in-house, all right, that's also on demand on the Wake Up Wyoming app, select Wyoming Altered States. Miss Mary is releasing season two right now, so you get to play those anytime you want. Sharing with friends, things like that. All right. Headline, Google is trying to sway the election, which is a couple weeks away, by suppressing GOP email and search results again. The story reads, anti-democracy Google 
is manipulating search results by Republican uh, Senate Republican candidates, campaign websites, before the 2022 midterm election. This comes on the heel of North Carolina State University study that found that Google's Gmail marked 59.3% more emails from right-leaning candidates as spam than left-leaning candidates. Quote, Google must be investigated for its un-American efforts to sway the election, said founder and president of Media Research Center. First, researchers caught Google red-handed providing Republican campaign emails that were sent as spam. Now they've uncovered Google manipulating search results to hide Republican campaign websites while promoting Democrat ones. All right. Uh, some of the ones that I use, I don't just use one. I do use Google when I'm just doing business because whatever I do on Google and save as far as files of information, websites, stuff like that. If I do it here at work, then when I get home, it's there. When I open up my phone, it's there. And there's nothing that I need to hide. So I'm not worried about someone sneaking into my business. It's just work that I'm doing. I don't care if they look at it. So I, I like using that platform. But when I go to do searches, Bing, DuckDuckGo, there's several others too. There's one, I think it's called Lux or Lux, L-U-X-X-L-E. That's another one. There's several out there that you can use besides them, just so you know. That way you can go ahead and actually find what you're looking for without someone trying to manipulate you. Now, I started this morning by talking about how not just parents today, but young people today have a very bleak opinion of their future. It's horrible. They really look at the future and go, oh, we're just so screwed. We're so doomed. Where did they get this idea from? Well, they're constantly fed doom and gloom all day. News, movies, television shows, articles they read online, politicians, doom and gloom, doom and gloom, from a lot of doomsday cults, right? And they don't necessarily have to be that way. They would be much more optimistic and therefore, as a country and as a planet, we'd be much better off as a species if we weren't constantly being assaulted by all this doom and gloom. But to be fair, now, if you missed that part of the conversation, that was first hour of this morning's show. And again, you can go ahead and listen to that again. After the show is over, this program becomes a podcast. You can go back and listen again, catch up on that. But I also want to warn about people who are um, overly optimistic. Those people can suck just as much. prescription depressant hit the shelves today. Approved by the FDA last month, Despondex is intended as a treatment for the approximately 20 million Americans who are insufferably cheery. Tests prove the drug is effective at reducing a range of symptoms, from squealing loudly when a friend calls to use of the phrase cool beans and excessive hugging. Dr. Alman Way calls the drug a huge step forward in the battle against exuberance. If you're in a good mood every so often, well, that's fine. That's normal. This is for those that have a persistent positive 
positive outlook on life. Eva Henry of New Haven, Connecticut, began participating in a clinical trial of Despondex six weeks ago. I was always telling people how cute their outfits were and bringing them little gifts. I'd beam at anyone who made eye contact with me. I didn't realize life didn't have to be like that. Eva said she never knew how her annoyingly chipper attitude was affecting those around her. Over and over again, I'd ask Jeff to ride his bike down to the botanical garden with me, no matter how many times he said no. And she was always smiling, mm -hmm. but I didn't know what to do to help her. I used to think, why am I the only one trying to set up single friends with each other? And now I realize it. I, I was sick. I need a treatment. Eva says the drug may have saved their marriage. Now Jeff and I can just waste a night sitting on the couch watching a TV show neither of us enjoy. Mm like a regular couple. Not everyone is convinced that Despondex is the cure-all for perkiness, however. In this week's Time magazine, Michael Pelosic of UCLA argues that many patients get similar results from natural remedies, something as simple as a diet of corn syrup and white bread and a total lack of exercise. But Dr. Wei disagrees. We have to erase the stigma attached with getting chirpy people help, real medical help. I mean, do you know what it's like to be around these people? It's pretty annoying. Doctors estimate the new drug could reduce the number of costume or theme parties in the U.S. by up to 40 percent. I'm personally in favor of the white bread and corn syrup and just laying around the house generally all day long as a much better way. I like organic solutions. You understand? 942, wake up, Wyoming. To take a look, call Glenn Woods now at 888-97-WOODS. This is Wake Up Wyoming on K2 Radio. 948 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Off we go to the icebox. Frank Gambino is waiting by. Okay, Frank, uh, do you want the serious question first or the funny question? Well, let's go serious okay. so we can get out of this. So you seriously, let's get it out of the way. A very good... And I'm stealing some of these photos I told you beforehand. You do these galleries on Wyoming. Yes. And every so often, I come across a picture where I go, wow, that's incredible. And I save it because I want to do a gallery of the best of. Okay. Of all of those. All right. So here you have this PhotoFest Girls State Cross Country meeting. Mm -hmm. And I, I do like the picture of the uh, white horse uh, Indian and all the girls. Right, yeah, they, they, they were leading the, ra oh, the so racers cool. out at yeah. the start of all six races. Yeah, all right, now the cool. serious question is, there's one young lady here that is, she looks like she's being carried off the field. She is, uh, her knees have buckled, she's being held up by two other women, mm -hmm. and she just looks like she's just done exhausted. Right, and that's at the end of the race, right. racing as hard as you can for 5K. Okay. That happens. Yeah. Some of them literally, the last step that they take for a while is the, is the finish yeah, line. Yeah, and they just kind of plop. And then, and then you know, there's yeah. people there to help them and say, okay, there's water and juice over okay. here. Uh, I'm telling you, they, they are, some of them are Glenn, out yes. of it. Oh, yeah. Out but, of it. But she's okay. Yeah, she's that, okay. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah, All right. Yeah. Just I was just looking at it thinking, wow. I mean, I've seen that in marathons and so on, but I just want to make sure she was okay. Now, here's the funny one, and this is an actual picture. So there is uh, at a, a very beautiful state, it looks like, and it's fall, and there's a sign that says, deer crossing. And you know the one, the deer looks like it's prancing as it leaps mm -hmm. in the air to cross. So that's where the deer is supposed to cross. There is a beautiful buck that looks exactly like that silhouette standing next to the sign watching traffic. That's cool. For his opening to go. Oh. Yeah. Is he waiting for the crossing guard? I don't know if they have crossing guards. I've never seen a crossing guard. But he knew, go to the sign <laughs> that says deer crossing because that's where you're supposed to cross 
and wait until the traffic clears. Don't just try to bolt out and hope for the best. Now, part of the problem I have is, you know, I live across from that golf course, and this is the time of year between the pronghorn and the mule deer, they all start to herd up there. Yeah. And as they do that and gather together, I start hearing horns hawking more and more as people just want to get up and down the damn road. <laughs> and there's all these animals. Well, yeah, they never look both ways crossing they don't, the streets. No. They never turn their signals on. Yeah. I mean, wait, wait, uh, wait. The deer never turn the signals on? They never do. And nor are they the antelope. Okay. I mean, they're, yeah. they're barely doing the speed limit. Okay, yeah. I, I did see one time. It was a, a hazard to society. It was a picture of a pronghorn that was running at, uh, it, it said underneath, do you know that these things can run at 50 miles an hour? Mm -hmm, yeah. yeah, but uh, the speed limit on our interstates is 80 miles an hour, so they need to pick it up, okay? Yeah, just a bit, yeah. Well, the Wyoming Cowboys, uh, the football team on the road this week, they will travel to Hawaii for a Saturday night game. It should be an interesting game as the Cowboys are 5-3-3-1 and three and three and one in Mountain West play following a solid 28-14 win over Utah State in Laramie. Cowboys had a really good night running the football. The defense was sharp. They could use that again this Saturday as the Rainbow Warriors come in uh, to Saturday's game in Honolulu with an overall record of 2-6. and six. They are 1-2 and two in Mountain West Conference play. Hawaii has split their last two games, lost to CSU and a win over Nevada. Cowboys are 11.5-point favorites. It'll be a 10 p.m. start from the Islands on Saturday night. Our latest and last Wild Preps High School football Ball poll is out with the playoffs starting on Friday. In 4A, defending champion Sheridan remains number one, followed by Cheyenne East, Natrona, Cheyenne Central, and Thunder Basin. In 3A, defending champion Cody still number one with Star Valley 2, Douglas 3, Buffalo 4, and the Jackson 5, 5. Uh, Lovell remains on top of 2A with Bighorn 2nd, Lyman 3rd, Tongue River 4, and Cokeville 5. Pine Bluffs is still number one in 1A9 man, followed by Shoshone, Rocky Mountain, Big Piney, Wind River, and Little Snake River from Bags, number one in 1A6 man, followed by Dubois, Burlington, and Cameron and Farr. In Eden. High school cross country season did conclude on Saturday in Ethany in the 4A girls race. Cheyenne Central Sydney Morrell won the state championship in 1829.79. A year ago, as a junior, she finished fourth at the 4A state meet and ran nearly a minute faster this year as opposed to last season. And she won Saturday's race by over 10 seconds and says, hey, there's a lot of hard work that goes into this. All the girls on the team, including myself, put in a good amount of miles over the summer and not necessarily just like just like loading the miles but they're you know what I mean they're like important and like structured workout like tempos kind of things and I just think that like the dynamic between the girls on the team really helped us like improve together during the season and the summer and so I'm super thankful to be on the team that I am so and the Central girls went 1, 4, 9, and 10 to win the 4A team championship for the second year in a row. Juco soccer, the Region 9 tournament's underway on the men's side. Casper College rated 14th in the country with a record of 14-3-1. The Ebers beat Northwest DePaul in the first round of their Region 9 tournament. 4 to nothing. They'll host LCCC from Cheyenne in the semifinals on Saturday in Casper. LCCC comes into that match with a record of 7-6-1, and they beat Western Nebraska in the first round of the tournament. Casper College women's soccer team, 10-4-1. They beat Trinidad in the first round of their regional tournament. The birds will be uh, meeting LCCC in Pueblo, Colorado on Friday. LCCC is 9-7 and seven after a 6-3 win over Western Nebraska in the opening round of that Region 9 tournament. As I told you, my sister's in the Carolina Mountains, closing up the cabin for the season. They what, you're to, not open year-round? Uh, no, 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 no. There's nobody there in the wintertime. You can hardly get up there. Today. Okay, so she goes to these beautiful waterfalls. Talk about a bunch of buzzkills. The U.S. Uh, Forest Service puts up uh, danger 
Powerful water, slick rocks, hidden hazards underwater. Do not climb. Do not jump off waterfall. Use extreme caution. And the list goes on and on and on. You go to this beautiful place, and basically the sign is saying you shouldn't be here. All, all it is is covering their legal rear ends. That's exactly right. Go, right. go and give it a try and see what happens. We'll do. Yeah. I'll, I'll watch somebody else do <laughs> yeah. it. All right. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business and news time. It's Wake Up Wyoming.